I'll tell you another thing I think is not a good idea. Well, let's do this together. So many moms who are struggling with their weight, if their kid says, I'm struggling with my weight, the mom will say, let's do this together. And I see this when I went to Weight Watchers, I would see mothers and daughters, like mothers bring their 13 year olds in with them. You're pairing your own weight struggles with your child's, which there's already happened through nurture and nature. I would want to break that bond, not continue it. Because if I don't do well or she's doing better than me, I just don't think that's a good idea. Hey there, I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves and enjoy a little chocolate. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. I don't know if you got the memo on this, but if not, I have an announcement. Parenting is tricky. It's tricky and hard and particularly difficult as it relates to our children and their body size. If you've been with me for any amount of time, you know I'm a big believer in totally changing the mindset of our health and that we take care of our body so we can do what we're called to do, not so it will look a certain way. But there are times that we uh, we witness our children's body size changing. And like I say in the beginning of my interview, this is our boys, our girls, they go up, they go down, and we aren't sure what to do about it. It's tricky, I said. <laughs> just like I shared in, uh, just a few episodes ago in season 12, episode 21 with registered dietitian Brittany Broswell. Uh, when we discussed how to know if our children have an eating disorder, if you have not listened to that, and if this is a topic that is interesting to you, make sure you go back and listen to that because she is just a gem. Anyway, I talk with her and I tell her that I receive questions from other parents often about how to safely address changes in our children's body size. I understand why I received those questions because I'm very passionate about proper words and messaging. But I'm also, I recognize that I'm not qualified to answer this. So I brought in licensed professional counselor, Michelle Niedert, to, to discuss this. Michelle is the co-author of the devotional uh, Loved and Cherished for Tween Girls, and she provides practical solutions, real-life examples, and joins her audiences in the parenting trenches raising two school-aged children. You did meet Michelle once already. I'm super excited to have her back. She was in Season 10, Episode 3, in the enormously popular episode, How to Give Your Teen the Tools and vocabulary for emotional health. So I'm thrilled she's back. I will be putting that uh, link in the show notes if you want to go check it out. Now, if you would like a support system for this whole concept of taking care of your body so you can do what you're called to do, I encourage you to head to Amazon and purchase my new book, Your Worthy Body, Find Freedom and Health by Breaking All the Rules. This book is for women who would like a different perspective on their body, movement, and eating. It uses exercise science and nutrition science through a lens of faith to break some of these rules 
emails and messaging we have heard for way too long. So it is time to change things up. Okay, enough of me chatting. Let's bring on Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for having me back, Amy. I love interacting with you. We always have a great time. We really need to get together in person. I mean, we're in the scheme of the world, we're kind of neighbors because we live yeah. at least live in the same state. <laughs> I thought about that, you know, because actually our counseling center does provide telehealth services throughout the state of Texas. So we do actually service your area. We have people from your area who actually some of their kids and some women actually work for me from the area in which you live. So yeah. Oh, that's great. It's exciting. Oh, okay. I want to circle up offline for that, um, to, to follow up with that kind of, with that. Um, okay. So you were on, gosh, I can't even remember what season it is. I'll have to post it in the show notes. And <laughs> it, was, it feels like it was a million years ago. And we talked about our children in, um, you know, just kind of dealing with COVID and, and all of that business. And even though this podcast is for women, there are also, it's really most of my community are moms and a lot of them have moms of tween and teen boys and girls. And um, oftentimes the questions that, or the topics of conversation that I have on the podcast are a result of questions that moms just ask me, you know, face to face. And so this one is, um, this is what I really want to delve into today, which is basically how do I talk to my child about their weight? And this is not moms talking about their daughters gaining weight. It is re- with regard to daughters and sons and going up and going down. And I just, I feel like as a mom, sometimes like it's just hard to please us. Because you know, we we just want like we we just want everybody. We, I don't. I'm, I'm I'm saying all of the wrong things here. But it's no, just, you're okay. You're just all moms want all their kids to be okay, right? We want our kids to be yes, okay. Yes. So I'm gonna. I think this question has a little bit different answers depending on the age range. Okay. Okay. So kids, let's talk about let's talk about like high school age, like late okay. middle school, high school. Okay. All right. Because I want to start though with those little like a little bit before then those teenagers just for a second. Sure. And just normalize the fact that kids go round and yeah. then they shoot up and then they go round and then they shoot up. And let me say this very clearly, because there have been times that my children looked a little like I would say chunky, maybe to me. And not just when they were babies. Like I had very like one my son was like, he's so thin now, but um he's very chunky baby. Mm-hmm. Um I would not say anything about my children's weight during especially that age unless a doctor expressed concern to me. And if a doctor did, that's see, and now we change it to a parental issue, to a medical issue. And I really believe in general, weight is a medical issue. I mean, it's so much more than that. Definitely as an eating disorder specialist, I can say there are mental health dynamics to it for sure, but it can be a spiritual issue um, if we're involved in gluttony or if we're involved in maybe too much fasting, you know, those kind of things. But I think the bigger issue is that weight is a medical issue. If a person has an eating disorder, we're not, I don't ever treat it without doctor, team of doctors involved. There's more than one, you know, there's usually a pediatrician, There's a GI specialist that's checking the esophagus and electrolytes and things like that. I'm also dealing with an internal medicine specialist. There's several doctors. Psychiatrists are usually involved. A lot of doctors involved. So I would say when they're younger, even in middle school, though, here's the thing I think most moms come to me about. Maybe you've heard this, too. 
they're not even thinking about their kids' weight and what they're going to say. Their child says to them, they'll try something on in a dressing room or they'll be in front of a mirror and they'll say, I look fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mom doesn't know what to say to that. Okay. So what's the answer? The answer is, first, it's not an answer. It's a question. It's, tell me what made you say that? What What are you thinking? And what made you, like, when did you first hear the word fat? And what mm-hmm. does fat mean to you? And to say to them, I, when we talk about weight, we really want to use math. Yeah. And we really want to look at a lot of different aspects of a person and also know that, especially in those middle school years, your body is changing a lot. And what your body may look like one month may look different down the road. If you are, and I think, I don't think we ignore our children on this issue because obesity is a real issue, a real medical issue in our country today, childhood obesity. So if we, if, if, if your child says that and they're concerned about their weight, then I think there's a place for a parent to say, you know, I'm not really concerned about it, but maybe we should be. Let's go talk to your doctor. Let's, uh, do you want to okay. talk to a doctor about that? If truly you think your child is there, I think though, that's a, so that's parents issues, right? That kids have. I think that younger and I just, we just talked about all this. So I just, this is a huge issue in our culture for sure. I just on the Raising Mentally Healthy Kids podcast, I actually had another expert come alongside me. She is one of the therapists at Children's Medical Center Dallas. They're one of the top eating disorder, um, treatment centers in the country for children and adolescents. And so she and I talked a lot about this because honestly, I we don't even, unless we see a child truly having some binge eating issues, we don't want to treat a lot of weight issues like overweight obesity issues unless a doctor is recommending that. And that's because maybe the child's not being able to move. Maybe there's something bigger going on there, but I think instead, we first, as far as when we look at weight, we focus on health. So we Mm -hmm. focus on what you specialize in to me, and that's nutrition and movement yeah, and really healthy aspects of that. So I did have an 18-year-old boy's mom ask me, you know, he's complaining, he's outgrowing all his clothes. And this boy was moving from even overweight to like on a BMI scale of an obesity level. You know, she said, but her talking about it didn't make it better. You know, what her made it better. Her talking about it to him? Yeah. Her saying, yeah. you know, because he said, this is happening to me. And she, you know what she said to him, which is, so he, she said, I think this changed. And I think she handled it in a pretty healthy way. Because sometimes we do the right thing and we don't get the right results. Because that's life in parenting. <laughs> Let me tell you. Because, I mean, that's life in mental. Because it's up to that individual, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, God has given them free will. And, you know, um, Amy, I'm a mental health professional. And my kids don't always do things the way I want them to. Honestly, I don't do things the way I want me to all the time. Yeah. To be really honest Same. with you. So um, so we all know that struggle. But I think she did a pretty good job. She said to him, you know, when you were young, um, like nutrition's really important to me. So I made most of our meals at home and the things I served you were very well balanced. And when you were done eating, you quit eating because they didn't have a lot of chemicals in them 
that might stimulate your appetite. But now that you drive a car and you have a job, you like to eat out a lot. You like to hit a drive through And when you go there, you generally don't get a salad or you don't generally don't get like a meat and some vegetables, you know, side by side or something like that. You eat foods that in general make you don't fill you up the same way as the foods that I prepare for you. And sometimes they even have things in them that might make you want to eat more like salt and sugar. more than I would have in the foods I have at home. So I think that was a really great way to explain to him that. Now, do you think he quit going through the drive-thrus? Well, of course not. Because his mom said that? No. No, no. Because the other thing, too, that I bet was happening is he was meeting his friends there. Because that's their social time. And that's where they go to socialize is to the you know, to Whataburger or yes. Chick-fil-A. I mean, the little, or, even know, the junior like high that. kids in my area go like walk to Sonic after yeah. school a lot. Exactly. And that's kind exactly. of their thing, you know, and yeah. everything's half price. They'll drink a whole, yeah. so, but <laughs> yeah. here's the thing I noticed as he went off to call. So well, here's what happened to him though, that I write. So he joined, um, I got a job that was very physically driven. Ah. Like he was, so he'd gone from, you know, he's sitting on a screen at school. He's sitting on a screen at home And he's got this job that's not very physical. And then in the summer, he worked a very physical job. And all his weight dropped off. He got in great shape just Mm -hmm. from that work. And it's interesting because I'm his counselor and I'm working with him now a little bit in college. And he has fascinated me because he liked the way he felt and the way he looked after that happened. So now he is thinking about what do I need to do to stay in this place as a young adult? I think that's a pretty healthy approach. So he's thinking, I do want to go to the grocery store. He actually, when his mom came down, asked her to help him meal prep a little, teach him how to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's when you get your kids is when they ask you, not when you tell them. I think as parents are, and I struggle with this myself, is to be a good role model. And sometimes I'm a good role model lately. Um, I think I may have talked to you about this during the last interview. My daughter has made a lot of cookies during COVID and I have eaten a lot of cookies <laughs> and it is, it is more than I needed for my body. More of, you know, I don't have, I don't think there are good and bad foods, but I think there are some Great. foods we don't want to eat in excess. And I'm actually working with a nutritionist on looking at, um, and I love it. And just for most people to know this, your insurance company, a lot of time does not charge you a copay or a deductible to meet with a nutritionist. It's considered preventative. If you have any health issues, or if you're like me, your scale actually shows you to be overweight. So I'm working with her to, and I've learned some things that I haven't thought about in a long time, even though I'm an eating disorder specialist about like, I don't know what happened, but at some point I got scared of any carbs. And I don't know who, where it came from, you know? And so, um, you know, that's I, a, you know, that's a, a rule to break in my book. So yes. every chapter is a rule to break. And one of the chapter titles is carbs are the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, <laughs> and so she talked to me about them in this sense, Michelle, you are so high energy and you go girl, 120%. And I think you're eating all these foods that you don't like that aren't feeling your body well at night. Because during the day, you have made yourself starving by three o'clock because eating Mm -hmm. just an egg and no toast or 
any fruit or anything with that. And then at lunch, eating like a keto type quick meal because you want that protein again, because you've learned that piece really well, you know, because I've worked out with a trainer before too. But she said not, I mean, your blood sugar is just desperate by the time your kids get to the end of the school day. So for them, it's okay because of their age. I'm 50. I'm like, we're doing menopause and puberty at the same time. Can you even imagine? uh, (laughs) I have a friend. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of hormones. That's just a lot of hormones. One Um, thing's ending, another thing's starting. And yeah. (laughs) And and the spiking of it all, you know, brains aren't always functioning the best in our home. And we remember that and we have grace about that. We kind of laugh about that. Um, But um because of that, my kids can have more of those things and maintain a very healthy weight range than I can. And so, but when I'm starving, then I want to eat that. So we're a little off topic here, but I do think it's important because, so to me, we don't, conversations about weight in our household are not about a scale. I don't even think my children, the only time they find out their weight is when we go to a doctor. Yeah. And I like that. I don't think kids yeah. need to be being weighed all the I time. Totally I, yeah. I totally, I don't think adults should weigh more. I mean, uh, from my training, I'm not telling everybody what to do. Once a week is plenty. And that's just, if you need that, like I do, because I contend, uh, I've learned a lot about hunger and appetite. <laughs> and because I like pleasure and I like fun, I have both of those that are related to food for me. So Mm -hmm. I am learning a lot about that and how to manage that. I think those are okay conversations to have with our kids, you know, sometimes to ask them not about their weight, but just to say, Hey, um, I I ask myself this when I'm getting into a pantry, am I bored? Am I tired or am I really hungry right now? Yeah, totally agree. I think talking about weight with our kids like to be honest with you is something I think is rare to do. Now I will confess this and I don't, you know, I should have probably asked my friend if this was like from children's, if this is good or bad. Now, what I do say to my child sometime right now is my daughter, cause I am, I, she is on the thin side and she is in a healthy range right now, but she is the most vulnerable age range to develop an eating disorder. She's 14 mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of stress in our world. And so, and she has been diagnosed with a very, and she's okay with me talking about this. I have her permission. During COVID, she developed a pretty severe case of what's called misophonia and misophonia. And what that is, is the sound of somebody chewing. She can hear it really loud and it annoys her like crazy. So it really impacts the eating environment. It does. Oh, yeah. let me tell you, it impacts the, my eating environment because she complains about how I crunch her French fry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And this kind of runs in my husband's family. They have sensory issues. They're very sensitive to this. In fact, he broke up with me because I chewed popcorn too loud. And then he decided <laughs> he couldn't live without me at some point. So it's kind of a funny story that this is so prevalent in our home. But I think it's real because these things affect the dinner table, Um People have things that affect, and you know, I tell parents, if you've got weight issues, here's one thing, make sure your dinner table's a stress-free zone. Yeah. Because that helps with eating. We don't need a lot of cortisol and other things. We don't want to talk about grades at the dinner table. We don't want to talk about performance. We don't need to talk about how good you're doing on your chores. We need to have fun. Dinner needs to be peaceful. 
It needs to be a time to connect and celebrate and relax. And then if there's conversations that need to be had later, you know, then we'll, if a kid says, I've, like a lot of times you'll do like the rainbow in the cloud with little kids or what's best part of your day, the worst part of your day. I wouldn't delve real into that unless the kid wants to talk about it a little and it might stress out their sibling to do so. But I'd come back and follow up with that later in the evening. Yeah. With that that's child. good. That's yeah, you know? I love that. Make sure the the, the dinner t- dinner table is a peaceful zone. That's really good. Okay, but let's. I do want to circle back because I do get a lot of questions, and I know that you do work with a lot of teen clients in your private practice. So mm-hmm. obviously there are HIPAA. You, I don't want you divulging anything that you can't yeah, divulge. But sometimes, in the name of quote helping parents will say some things that are hurting, that are hurtful to to their children. So I'm just wondering if there are any themes or phrases or words that you might hear that may be, and I know every child is different and all of that, but that in general, that you feel are more harmful than helpful, even though they may be done with the helpful mentality. Okay. So I think flippant comments like, uh, man, you're getting a little belly, aren't you? are probably mm-hmm. not a good idea to say ever. Yeah. Uh, my son is getting bigger and I will say things like, wow, you are starting to grow and get stronger. He's filling out, but let's focus on their strength in that process and maybe some other things in the process. Some girls are sensitive to bigger. So sometimes yeah. I will be tending towards taller and stronger and things like that. I, I, I remember in the midst of COVID to cope, my daughter did a lot of workout videos and I just said, I love watching you move and build muscles. Yeah. You know, I think that's yeah. a good way to encourage our kids. Um, I think we need to be really careful with Wow, that's kind. Of, you're kind of getting into a big size there. That's another zone you need to just. You don't want to say that in that way. If like again, if you've got concerns, let's take it to the doctor's office instead of there. But let me say this: a lot of times, I think weight comes up when moms are struggling with their weight. When dads, like my husband, has just recently lost a lot of weight in a very healthy way. He hired a trainer. He reduced his eating. Now at times he said some things that I told him I don't love. Like he's into intermittent fasting. So he's like, he'll say, Oh, breakfast isn't really good for you. And I'm like, Oh yes, it is. You know, um, (laughs) breakfast is good for us. And I tell my kids, we need to eat and fuel our bodies. He has developed and embraced a lifestyle, which is, I have no issues with. He is eating a reasonable amount of calories in a certain window of time. But we need to be careful about what we say and how our kids can interpret that. Um, and, yeah. it, and we need to be careful to say when we put on, like if we're very thin and we have a kid who's built bigger than us, we want to be really careful about saying, oh, I think I'm putting on a little weight. Because if that's like a little bitty, like you barely even puffy or you're kind of bloated and then your child looks at you and thinks, wow, if mom's concerned about that, what am I? You know, they're not going to say that out loud to you, but that's where I think we need to be really careful on being appearance driven or even things that other kids say to me like, wow, Susie looks really great. It looks like she lost some weight over the summer. That's something I just think things like that unconsciously, they can come out of our mouths and they're not super healthy things that we want our kids to hear. Susie looks great. No yeah. matter what. Yeah. And, and let me tell you what. It, Did you listen a, to my episode where I said impactful phrases you need to stop saying? No. Because <laughs> one of them I was, yeah, one of them was, wow, you look great. Because then it, then it's like, well, 
did I not look great beforehand? Like what was wrong with me before? And that, yeah, it gets into all of that. Girls with eating disorders will tell you they get so much attention as they get thin and they get so much positive feedback. It's Mm -hmm. hard for them to give that up. And then it gets to a point where they don't look so healthy anymore and they're not getting it anymore, but they can't stop the behaviors. And so I think it's very important that we not compare our children's bodies to other people's bodies. We talk about that a lot in our house. You know, we don't compare our bodies to anybody's but our own in that process. And so I think things like that are really important. I think saying, oh, I think I'm just going to be bad and eat this. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. We're not bad if we eat that. (laughs) But I have heard adults, yes, at a table with me. So I think, you know, I'd refer back to your podcast, it sounds like. I wish I could hear all the podcasts all the time. But yeah, I mean, I think that's so important because the things that are unhealthy for us to think, say and think are really unhealthy for us to say and think in front of our kids. I mean, I've heard stories like this. You don't want to, um, as a dad, pop your daughter or a mom, pop your daughter's booty and say, you getting a little booty on you, girl. Yeah. You know, we just want to stay away from those kind of comments because one kid's going to take that and think, Ooh, I'm bringing booty back, you know, kind of like, um, you know, one of the pop stars is talking about these days and they'll be proud of it. But then another kid will hear that same thing and think, oh, I don't want to gain weight there. What do I need to do to fix that in me? Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is lay off of the flippant phrases, even if you think that you're saying I'm just in fun, just, just ignore those. Okay. And then I want to lean into what you were just talking about with, you know, the whole eating disorder. And I actually just had a, um, had a registered dietitian on who's an eating disorder specialist, um, really great information, Brittany Broswell. But so drawing that line of not necessarily, um, from an, from an eating disorders perspective, but just when that child starts to lose a lot of weight. And again, I've seen this, I've seen this moms deal with this with, with girls and boys. What are some, you know, if there gets to be a concern, like I've heard one mom say, she's like, you know, I'm, I want her to be healthy and I see her doing some good things, but she's lost a lot of weight in a short amount of time. And I'm not sure if it's all healthy. I mean, like there's just a lot of confusion. Like, do I say something? Do I not say something? Here's what you look at. You do not look at, I think size, unless we're getting, I mean, I think you can tell when size get. I can tell when size gets dangerous and I can give you some hints, but again, this is a medical call, not a mom call. And that is hair starts falling out and thinning. Um, The face starts looking better, bigger than the rest of the body. We start seeing bones protrude, things like that. You'll see a change in the color of the skin. Even it'll get, it'll Mm -hmm. get a pallor look to it. Kind of translucent. Yeah. 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 And so those things definitely we're getting into a zone usually with that. But again, I saw two little girls recently in my office for a totally different reason. And they looked a little bit like that. And their mom and dad like prepared me even. They said they're, they were dancers and they said, or gymnasts or something like that. And they said, we were skinny kids. They're going to look really skinny to you. They eat a lot, you know? So I think they want, and that's what I want to say to parents. I would look, first of all, don't look at intake in a day or two. I have children very often when they are growing, they will eat a lot of food. You know, all of a sudden my son is growing. He's 11 
And he went from barely finishing a cheeseburger to eating two of them sometimes. And he's like, his chicken nuggets have doubled because like we make the ones at home and just certain foods he's eaten. I've noticed like he's eating more of it. He's asking for seconds of some things. And that is very normal and healthy. And I just say to him, if I say anything to him about how much he's consuming, I'm like, oh, I need to order you more. I forget you're growing. That's a very healthy thing, I think, to say and to kind of celebrate that. Um, You're getting taller. You're getting stronger. I can see it. What I think is when we see a child beginning very thin is to begin to see, like, I do kind of watch my daughter a little bit, like she forgot her lunch and I want to make sure she didn't just, you know, so I offer to bring lunch, not all the time, but you know, if your child's forgetting their lunch a lot and then they're not eating immediately when you pick them up from school, I'd be looking at as their stomach shrinking, is their appetite decreasing And all I would do to start with is not talk about their weight. I would talk about their food intake. I tell my kids all the time, like I talk about it like a nutritionist would because I've spent so much time around being in an eating disorder unit. Now I'm even working with one again. It's like, you know, I just say to them, hey, what do you have for a fruit or a vegetable today? Or I'll say to my son, who's kind of like, where was your, where's the protein in this meal? You know, and he's like, like, he'll have just noodles sometimes. He loves to eat just noodles. And so I'll say, I've you, and then sometimes he'll say, I'm still hungry. And I'll say, well, you didn't have any protein. So he'll get like turkey pepperoni. And even though they're separate and that's how my kids roll sometimes, you know, I still want them to pair those foods together, ideally. And then I'll say, hey, is there a fruit or a vegetable I can cut up for you or get for you sometimes at that time too? So I think that's more how we want to talk about it is making sure our kids aren't skipping meals and making sure they've got all the components in a meal if you're starting to see weight decline. But also listen, listen to how they're talking. Look at their phones, you know, those kind of things. Watch their friends. You'll catch language. And if I may add on to that, that the, having that conversation of like, how is that food making you feel and, and tying that together, because it's amazing how it doesn't mean that they always live it out. But once they start to make those connections of like, oh, when I have a whole lot of fast food, I feel really crummy. Or when I have my vegetables, I actually feel better or, you know, or whatever we can, we've been talking a lot about that at our house. Okay. So what would be your response to the parent who says, well, I want my child to either gain weight or lose weight because then that'll make them happier. You know, this is a really tough thing to talk about. And I think it's important to talk about too. I have been a lot of different sizes um, since I had kids. It's kind of been interesting for me to experience this after all the training I've had. But I've never not been happy yeah. because of my size. Do I like wearing certain clothes and how they look better on me at times? Yes. And I think, but I think at the same time to, to, I don't, I am not a, um, I'm trying to think of what that's called. And it's, it's not a, it's like a spiritual term, but it's not a, um, like theological term. It's the idea that only the spirit matters and the body does not. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh uh okay, so I'm not that. I think that's very like that minimizes kids struggles. If we say to them, oh, you're beautiful just the way you are and they're obese and they don't feel good. I don't think that is helpful to them. I think a more helpful conversation sometimes, and I think you got to think about timing and location of these conversations too, is, wow, tell me more about what you're feeling. Like I said, is this something that you're 
really wanting to change? Is this something that you're not feeling good about? Because when we have extra weight on our bodies, it doesn't feel good. You know, we can't move the same way. Sometimes. Sometimes. I actually would challenge. It's like sometimes, but sometimes I think that you can move. Oh, I think you still can move. Yes. We can still move. Yes. It takes more energy. Like I even look in Pilates sometimes and I think, I have no issue with me doing a push-up against a wall while somebody else who weighs about half what I weigh doing a push-up on the floor because I'm really pushing the same amount of weight she is. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where, like, I I will never stop moving either. And I, I, I mean, I know people who like, but I think if our kids, it is a tendency in our culture to want to hide if we get to a certain size that we're uncomfortable with and things like that, I think we need to discourage our kids from that. But if that's beginning to happen, I do think there is a place for medical intervention for our kids. But I think you need to be so careful today how you approach this. I believe that you work with your child, with a doctor, and and I don't like the doctors who want to give them a drug. I've got a kid right now, and I'm really surprised, that is doing some binge eating. So in other words, he's eating a lot of calories at once, but he's kind of starving himself during the day. So I see why he's eating a lot. of. He's kind of doing what I was doing, you know, before, and I'm realizing that. But I was re- I'm really concerned because I've seen a doctor give a prescription for a really strong appetite suppressant. But he's in an appropriate height, weight range. That is not needed for him. Mm. Yeah, I think when, and that's not where we start with kids. I want to say that because there are some doctors who will write a prescription pretty fast for something like that. I think if a kid is struggling a little bit with their weight, this is a great opportunity for them to explore their emotions, their relationship with food and to learn intuitive eating. And I think that comes from a highly qualified, not somebody you're listening to always, not that it's bad if they're on a podcast because you're on a podcast, but who's got the credentials I agree, and it's going to be covered by your insurance because they are a registered dietitian, nutritionist. I have seen parents take their kids and I, I actually have some health coach certification, brain coach certification, nutritional integration for mental health certifications. But I think we don't start with like a health coach with our kids, especially we need to start with someone who's not going to have a quick fix or yeah. a diet mentality answer, but a nutrition, food, emotions. And I want to give an example of that maybe so your audience would know what that looks like. They don't focus on calories. Uh, with my nutritionist, she has an app called the Healthy App. And so I take a that's where I learned that I'm, I'm not really, no wonder I like to eat out so much. It's the only time I sit still and eat a plated meal. So I'm learning from her to take time to eat a meal and plate a meal even in my home or other places that's healthy for me and making sure I'm getting the components. Because before I'm kind of just eating, I mean, moms eat out of the fridge if they're not careful and stuff like that. Then it's mindless eating then. So she's teaching me all those healthy strategies of like, you take a picture, you think about how full you are before you start because you don't want to be too hungry. You want to eat often enough that you're not getting in that zone. And then you think about how satisfied when you're done. And then you think about any other emotions and thoughts you'd feel. So that's really helpful because then there's stuff to work with there. And ideally, I'm not doing a great job at this because I am so consistently inconsistent. But, you know, if you're capturing enough of those, they're and they're getting a chance to kind of see what's going on. And it helps build awareness and it helps kids make small changes that can make big differences. 
And I think that there's something really powerful too about a mom just kind of walking her kid, not necessarily like bringing them into the hard things, but, but allowing them to witness the journey. And like, this is something that I'm working on and, oh, I learned this about myself and like, you know, wow, I, I never thought I was an emotional eater because I thought emotional eaters were just sitting in the pantry eating Oreos and crying. But, but it turns out that I am an emotional eater because when I get really stressed, I go straight to the pantry, just looking for something so I can control it. So like, you know, that's a personal thing, but I think, I think that there's definitely some power in doing that and, but not in an overbearing, not, and then not like a, so you, so too you should, you know, like, but it's yes. more like, this and is just what, what I'm I learning. think is hard in general. I, I think parents should manage as many struggles with their kids as they can without involving professionals. I think there's a place for somebody like me to come in, but I'm trying to equip. Obviously, one of my passions is to equip you as a parent and everyone as a parent, talk about their kids' emotions and mental health on their own. But there comes a point where we need to involve, and in general, when we talk about that teenager zone, Mm -hmm. like my mom always said, you know, why can so-and-so say this to you and you think they're so awesome and you do it, but if I say it, you roll your eyes at me. There is something about it's hard sometimes during the age when a child's trying to become independent to listen to the direction of the parent. And that's where I do think it, it's helpful to involve another party that doesn't isn't dealing with chores and schoolwork and all the emotional attachment issues that go on in relationship. I mean, food's already got a lot of emotional issues with it. Oh, yeah. When we add yeah. parenting into that, I, I what really can, I'll tell you another thing I think is not a good idea. Well, let's do this together. So many moms who are struggling with their weight, if their kid says, I'm struggling with my weight, the mom will say, let's do this together. Okay. Tell me more about that. What, what is my, and I see this when I went to Weight Watchers, I would see mothers and daughters, like mothers bring their 13 year olds in with them. Uh First of all, you're pairing your own weight struggles with your child's, which there's already happened through nurture and nature. I would want to break that bond, not continue it. Because if I don't do well or she's doing better than me, I just don't think that's a good idea. I think working on our health should be individual journeys. Mm, okay. Does that make right. sense? Well, that, no, that makes a lot of sense. But I can totally see why, why a mom would want to do that because you know, accountability is good and feeling like you've got someone and you're, you're there together and you can support each other. And instead of getting the, the burger, when you go out, you get the salad or or whatever it is. So I can totally see why that would be something that a mom would suggest to help support their kid. But what you're saying is then that that's a little too closely tight. I worry about that. I really do because I think that, um, when we do that, when we have accountability in a group, like a Weight Watchers group or a health coaching group, or like they do nutritional support groups at the center where I'm getting services, those are equals kind of working on a journey together. There's a power dynamic between a parent and a child. Their children already don't want to disappoint their parents. There are judgment issues that go with that. I, I, I think it could easily get like... Um, intertwined into a parenting issue and weight loss. I don't think with your child, it's a good idea, especially a teenager. I want to, I'm where you asked me specifically about like that 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old child. The other thing I think is sometimes in that approach, the parent might own that journey more than the child. And you know, this, the only time great change occurs in this area, any area, but especially this area, it's gotta be ours got to be what we want and we need to own it. And I'm not taking my parent with me to college and beyond 
you know, I might talk to them on the phone, but I think it's a good idea to like work with a professional, learn that independent skill and move on. Okay. Okay. All right. So I want to wrap it up and I just want to make sure that because we've kind of gone on some tangents and I love doing that, but I want to kind of pull this in in a little, Mm -hmm. in, in sort of a summary. So basically if, if you're concerned about your child with their body getting smaller, then start looking at some of the physical aspects of what's happening. Their skin, their, the, um, their hair falling out. If you said their if their face is like bigger than their body, their bones protruding, that kind of thing. And then that's when it's time to, to enlist the help, go enlist the help of a professional. Yes, and then and don't tell them that you're worried about their weight. Just get an appointment for a health checkup because okay. we have those occasionally and then let the, you might give the doctor a heads up mm-hmm. and then, or if the scale shows something, you might say, Hey, to the nurse that's weighing her, you know, this might be something the doctor might want to address. If, the, okay. you know, if the nurse says the weight's down, the weight loss is down. Another way just to let you know that your kids will hide this from you is if you start watching, if you start all of a sudden seeing your child wear hoodies in the summer and baggier clothes, a lot of times in front of, they will go out in skin tight stuff with their peers, but they will hide their weight loss from you in a lot, some extra clothing on their bodies. That's something I constantly see when I have an eating disorder patient in my office. That's good to know. And I will say that a a lot of the kids, regardless of size, are wearing a lot of hoodies. So moms don't freak out if your kids (laughs) wearing hoodies all the time. It's, it's called you, just, the, you just made a lot of people okay. panic. I know. Well, I don't want to do that because it's called, I just learned the name. Do you know the name? It has a name. It's called the no. lampshade look. So the lampshade is like baggy on the top, right? And uh-huh. kind of bulky on the top. And then it's got a skinny stem. So the hoodie is the lampshade and they're wearing the mackie. Yeah, my daughter's running around like that too. The yes. lampshade look is very in right now. In, in the way we should say what year it is. In 2021, hey, she listened to this podcast down the road. It is in. But if your daughter is always like my child's not going to wear that all the time, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so yeah, I think that's, that's the other thing to look <laughs> the at. The lampshade yes. look. I have not, I learned something new today. This is because I don't, I don't have daughters. So, okay. And then again, with the summarizing, if you've noticed that, you know, and I'm talking about post puberty, so they have kind of gone through the round and up and the round and the up and, and you might be concerned that it is something beyond just natural body changes, then get a professional, go see a doctor. I still, I just think when, when we talk to the odds of your child saying, I'm starving myself to you is not very good. Yeah. If you encourage them to eat more and they resist, it's definitely a sign. Right. You know, but I think um, at the same time, we got to be careful about that because, you know, I, I think about like my, my and I'm working on the, this is something I will confess to you. So I don't, my, I know where this came from and I think she'll be okay with this. I'm about to throw my mom under the bus too uh, with me. So my mom will ask me if I want something to eat at her house and I will say, no, thank you. And she will ask me usually two or three times trying to sell me on that. I don't know where that came from, but my husband, my husband has noticed that. And he very quietly said to me, your daughter just told you she didn't want to go to Sonic like three times. Why are you being a Sonic pusher? Mm. And I was like, I don't know why I didn't just accept her answer the first time. 
You know why? Because probably because it's a time that you enjoy going with her and you're wanting to spend the time with her, just like the kids. Well, either that or I just thought it would be a fun idea or whatever. And for some reason, my brain was wrapped in that. And so I think if your child says no to you on something, it might be better to say, is there a reason why you don't want to do that? And then sometimes, but you know what you're going to hear from a teenager because I don't feel like it, (laughs) you know, and stuff like that because I don't feel like it a lot of times. Or sometimes she'll say, it's just been a stressful day. I just want to get home. And that's helpful to me too. But I am even at home saying, do you want another piece of pizza? And if they say no, I'm learning to just accept that. And then on the other side of that, if they're grabbing another piece of pizza, maybe don't say are you sure no. you want another piece of pizza? Yeah. I rarely would say that. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Now, I will say this. I have said to my children, and I don't think this is unhealthy. Hey, I've been noticing that the potato chip bag is shrinking really quickly in this house. Maybe we all need to look and see how many chips are in a serving. Mm-hmm. And if we're struggling with that, either put it in a bag mm-hmm. or we could maybe just count a little bit better on that. So that's a we, that's all of us. That's not targeted at any one person in our home. We have some rules as far as how many, um, like, I I mean, this is just carbonated water, but like I ask that each person only drink one bubbly a day because it's just hard to get at home and it's expensive. And, you know, people do that with sodas and juices and things like that too. So I don't think that's about weight. I think that can be about general health and consumption of items within the home. So I, I even sometimes, I think it's good to model that sometimes to say, oh, I didn't realize that like a cup of milk is a serving, not a half a cup or something like that. Like just learning to read those labels is a good idea. And I think modeling that for our kids is fine. I don't think if our child's sitting there after a really stressful day and they're just sticking the lays in their mouth for you to go, Hey, do you know what a serving size is? That's not the time. You know, they're just, they're having a rough day. I might say if my child's sticking the lays in their mouth like this, Hey, can I get you something to drink? Is there anything else you'd like to eat? Now I said nothing about the chips. You yeah. know, I've got an yeah. apple. I'd be happy to cut it. Can up I for peel you. you an orange? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Usually my kids will say that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because or, the potato chips are easier, and we're all not we're all, but a lot of us are inherently lazy, and we don't want to take the time to peel the cutie. Even though, yes, <laughs> if girl, I am that person. I am yeah. that person, and I really <laughs> am working on. Yeah. Rinsing the grapes. It's so funny. Cutting up the strawberries, all of those things. I think, I think we all relate to that and our kids relate to that too. Okay. I I need to wrap it up. I feel like we could go on and on forever. I have two questions that I ask all of my guests and I apologize because I'm not sure that I sent these to you ahead of time. So we're just going to go on the fly. Let's go. Um, One of them is something that I may have asked you last time. I may not. I can't remember. That was a lot of interviews ago. I'm fascinated by tattoos. And I have found that normally when people choose to put body art on their themselves or permanently, then they have a story behind it. So if you have, I'm wondering if you have a tattoo and if you do, would you be willing to share the meaning behind it? And if you don't, if you had to get one, what would it be and where would it go? And okay. you can say the same answer as last time if you even remember what it was. I'm sorry. I don't remember I don't. what I said last time. I'll tell you what, I do not have any body art on me. And the only reason why is I think about doing it sometimes, but I know who I am. And I am a woman that is constantly growing and changing. And so what yeah. would be really meaningful to me today would not be as meaningful to me later. So I do, as part of my um, holy yoga studio, they actually give us 
temporary tattoos that are scripture memory verses that we're learning that are also go with a key tag. It's from a company I think called like dwell. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you will see a tattoo generally like here on my hand because I'm learning that verse or relearning that verse. A lot of times it's a verse I've memorized before. And so I'll do that sometimes. If I put a tattoo on me, I would want it to be where I would see it for sure. So it would probably be small. It would probably be something small. I, Yeah, I'm very conservative with things like that. Um, there, I mean, I'm kind of a flamboyant personality, but I'm kind of conservative with like hair, jewelry, that yeah. kind of stuff, clothing, more classic style. And it would have deep meaning to me. So I don't, I think it would have something spiritual. It would have a spiritual significance to me. It would probably be very positive and affirming, but like I said, at one time, I loved the idea of the affinity symbol. Right now, that's not as attractive to me as it once was. I like the idea of some type of heart or something like that. I have had lots of words of the year that have been very meaningful to me. And I've thought about getting like four temporary tattoos that would last a period of time that would say like, so, like my word one year was rise. Um, this past year, it's been sore, which is kind of interesting. Um, no, this year was hmm. produced. That's so interesting. It was produced. Oh, last oh year was well, that's that's a very appropriate. <laughs> it actually for was for this year, even though I'm going to end it not being very productive. So that's kind of interesting. Well, no, yeah. you've it's but it's a year. It's a word for an entire year. Okay, yeah. and then finally, uh, do you have a meaningful Bible verse that you would like to share? So that is hard for me. The verse that I loved when I was um, in in high college was. Um, the kind of idea of knowing Christ and making him known. Um, it talks about though, knowing Christ in our suffering in his suffering it's from Philippians and I have suffered more and spent more time with suffering as a counselor. So it's kind of funny. I'm kind of like, I think I'm like looking at more positive versus the verse that Isaiah 61 one talks about freeing the captives. Um, Binding up the brokenhearted. And that is very much what I feel like my life calling is as a counselor is to do those things. So that verse is very important to me in my life. Um, and then when I was at Baylor, the verse that we was my theme verse for my particular class was um, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I still love that verse. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord's plans to give prosper you, to give you a hope in a future and not for destruction. And, and anytime I'm feeling like, you know, a little, I think as we get older, we can get a little cynical about the future. You know, um, I think it's a temptation of ours, you know, like, man, I'm glad I didn't live back then. I mean, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to live then. I think about that sometimes, even with the changes in our culture that my kids are going to have to navigate with their children. But instead I want to, I was listening to a pod, um, an audio book about this. I want to learn to be curious about those things. So I think it's important yeah. to, um, keep having hope in a future for as long as God has us here. Amen. Amen. I love it. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's always interesting conversation for sure. And food for thought, lots of food for thought. This is obviously a complicated topic and there's no way we could have covered everything in this conversation, but I do hope it gives us some tools and resources to recognize issues and when we don't need to worry because we tend, or at least I, I can't speak for you, but I can worry a lot. And I know a lot of you are too, because you're talking with me. And so maybe this will just help our mama hearts. 
Hey, if you've been listening for a while, I would love it if you would do two things. One, uh, if you could provide a rating and a review for this show, that would be so meaningful. The reality is this kind of stuff helps the show when people are checking it out and like, Oh, I don't know, there's I mean, there's 2 million podcasts out there. So if you could just provide a few words to help encourage someone else who is looking and searching for that grace based health, I would appreciate it. I know it can be complicated. So go to the show notes, I have a link there that will just take you to an online place where you can just leave a leave a message or leave a review and it makes it a lot easier than trying to figure it out in your app. Secondly, if you have not purchased yet your worthy body on Amazon, I would love for you to go over there and get it. Now this is the deal. I am never going to get rich off of this book. I wrote this book for all of the conversations that I have had with friends and clients and I hear on other podcasts and I'm just trying to release that tension that we feel in our hearts sometimes about trying to get it all right and perfect because there is no perfect. I want to read one review that has come in and just say thanks for this. So this is from Alyssa. She said, Amy really wrote the book on health and wellness that I never knew I needed to read. Her approach to sharing information about our health makes you feel loved, respected and worthy of obtaining a healthy and happy body. With every passing page, this book makes you feel like you are having a conversation with your best friend and really makes you want to move your body in the best way and have a little treat while doing it. I cannot recommend this book enough. So thank you for that review. Thank you for those to those of you who are recommending it to your friends. Keep doing that. Let's get the message out there. Let's stop the madness. Okay, then the final thing I want to offer you is the one simple thing. This is something I try to do in every episode. And that is just, you know, we get a lot of information. And so it's just pulling it down to one simple thing that I would love for you to remember from this episode. And that is, there are signs that our children's bodies may need help. And when that happens, call in the professionals, get medical help, for a medical issue and watch your own words about yourself and about your child's uh, body so they don't do more harm than good. Sometimes we want to be helpful, but in, in uh, sometimes instead of that, unfortunately, it can be hurtful. So I hope this has given you some good tools and resources for uh, dealing with this complex issue. Please don't be afraid to bring in support in terms of uh, medicine, in terms of mental health. Uh, re- registered dietitians are really helpful for this. So this is just a starting point for you to assess, and uh, we can go from there. So, okay. That is all for today. Go out there and have a graced day. 